Welcome out there to another awesome and riveting episode of The Album Argument. I'm Ryan. I'm Jeremy. And we are so glad to have you with us today. Thank you for joining us. New fans, old fans, thank you. Uh, I, w- I would, maybe maybe we should say long-time listeners. I don't know, old, young, is it old, That's young? a good point. Maybe maybe we should just, yeah. Long-time listeners. We don't want anybody feeling insecure. Yeah. I guess we're getting old. We are so old. Some somebody could be listening to us going, no, you guys are not old. We're but totally old. Anyways, I'm old. Young, old, new listeners, long time mm. listeners, whatever. Yes, thank you for listening. We made it to the end of the year. We're in the final month of the year. Can you believe it? Uh, yeah, it's kind of crazy actually. Uh, thank you out there for letting us take that week off. Uh, we enjoyed our Thanksgiving breaks. Jay, uh, you you had family yeah. over. Yeah, we had family. So in the uh, basement that we're recording, well, we should say we're online again this week, but the basement that I'm recording in, our usual recording room, yeah. had uh, some people sleeping in the basement and upstairs and all around and on the roof and everything. Nice. Oh, no, nobody on the roof. That's just, you know. When the kids get out of hand, that's where you throw them up. Oh, yeah, totally. Make sleep outside, right? Yep. Anyways, no, we had family over, and it was great. I'll leave it at that. Very good. And you too? I was in Jamaica, the only real place you should ever go on Thanksgiving. <laughs> now, this isn't a new thing, too. You guys have gone before. Oh, yeah. It's like an anniversary type thing, right? Yeah, uh, it's it's. this was our third time to Jamaica, uh, fourth time to the Caribbean. And, yeah, we tend to go during Thanksgiving. Um Simply because that's the best time it works out for us, and yeah, it's awesome. Did they have Jamaican turkey or anything for Thanksgiving? I had jerk chicken for Thanksgiving. Jerk chicken. Yeah, it was good. (laughs) Well, I ask because when I was on my honeymoon, I remember we went to the Dominican Republic, Mm -hmm. and it was the 4th of July, and they still had, even though we were in a different country, they had a mini 4th of July celebration at the resort for all the Americans. So I didn't know if they did the same thing or similar in Jamaica. So a few years ago when we were there uh, in Jamaica, uh, we were in the grill at that point, and they did a actual Thanksgiving turkey dinner. This time, though, uh, we were in uh, Ocho Rios, and no, they didn't do anything like that. But that was fine. It was fine with me. It's, yeah. You know. Yeah, you weren't expecting it, I'm sure. No, not at all. So, But it was good. Hopefully uh, we had great – you know, Thanksgivings. Hopefully y'all out there did as well. And again, thank you for letting us take that week so that we can enjoy ourselves. We're back. Hopefully you'll enjoy this episode because we've got one. We've got an album that is not only older, uh, like us, uh, but also considered to be by some people's standards, the, one of the greatest records ever recorded, uh, with over 30 million worldwide album sales. We're talking about 1991's studio album Metallica by Metallica, otherwise known as the Black Album. I will admit that for the longest time, until maybe just a few years ago, I always assumed that it was actually called the Black Album. Call me crazy. Anybody out there feel the same? Uh, actually, yeah, that, that's the way I've always referred to it as the Black Album, and I remember like even MTV referring to it as like the Black Album and stuff like that. I don't think I've ever heard. Anybody say, hey, have you ever listened to Metallica by Metallica? It's always been the Black Album. I think uh, streaming, that's where I realized it. Because I I admit uh, I did not own it, um, and I don't own it as of right now. But, uh, yeah, I just always assumed. And then when I saw streaming, I saw 
This is called Metallica? Yep. But anyways, call me crazy. Yeah. Well, this uh, this heavy metal record was released again, like I said, in 1991 on August 12th on Elektra Records and was produced by not only James Hetfield and Lars Ulrich, but also by Bob Rock. And as you know, Bob Rock will play a big hand. We've talked about him before. He plays a big hand in Metallica and, and uh helping them out over the years, producing them, playing bass for them, things of that nature. He's he's basically their guy. Um, this album had five singles, including Inner Sandman, The Unforgiven, Nothing Else Matters, Wherever I May Roam, and Sad But True, and of course, a couple of other uh, album tracks that also got played on the radio stations, including like Don't Tread On Me. Um, but overall, this is, like I said, this is considered to be one of the greatest albums ever recorded, including making it on Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Albums of All Time list and many other people's top list of all time. It gets a rating generally of four to five stars on so many different uh, websites. Pitchfork says it's a 7.7 out of 10. Uh, Rolling Stone gave it a four out of five. And let's see, All Music says it's 4.5 out of five. So it's very well considered to be not only a, a great record, but just well respected over the years. And it seems like the respect for the album has continually grown as the years have gone on. I know that listening to this record, uh, I bought this album on a suggestion from somebody on Facebook, uh, on our Facebook page. They said that we needed to talk about this album. I'm like, all right, I, I've never really listened to the Black Album. So I bought it and I listened to it through and through and through and I, I've got to say that it's good I like it um, but overall I, I guess again it just goes back to what we talked about before I love Metallica more on a on that S&M side where they did the live album with the band and the orchestra that's where my Metallica is right there that's will always be my favorite Metallica record I don't think anything can beat that but uh, this was that that area where Metallica became popular on the heavy metal side before it kind of switched and went to the alt rock side or hard rock, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, I mean, it has a certain sound of the eighties, but you could tell it was definitely, uh, in transition, right? Oh yeah. Going into the nineties. So yeah, I think that was a funny time in music where hair metal was very popular and then you got grunge slowly sneaking in and it's kind of like, well, where do we go from here? We've got two totally different ends of the spectrum. And I think this album actually falls right in the middle of it. Not saying that it has any ties to hair metal, but it's got some of those still like heavy riffs, you know, in, in a la like Motley Crue and stuff like that. But it, it has some of the grit and dirtiness of, of grunge as well. So it, to me, it falls in the middle of that spectrum. Yep. Yep. I agree. And that kind of. Um, is maybe a foreshadow of the album that we will do next week, but we will talk about that. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, I hear you there. All right, Jeremy Dudman, I've blabbled on too much now about this record. Tell me, what did you think of Metallica by Metallica, otherwise known as the Black Album? Uh, well, yeah, it was an interesting album. I already mentioned that I did not own it. I don't own it. I'm not sure if I will own it, just kind of jump to the ch kind of cut to the chase. Yeah. Um I think it's really good. It was probably the first time I've listened to the album. So thank you to our uh Facebook guest for suggesting mm -hmm. it. I don't know why I have not listened to it. Uh I think we've already talked about Metallica in the past where we were kind of similar to where, you know, we we like the the live orchestra version. 
Um, I kind of like the Metallica of later where they got into more of the rock side just because that's my background. Yeah. I'm not into the 80s side of things, the the um, uh, speed metal, the yeah. you know the true metal side of Metallica, right? Yep. Um, which is still, also, I should also say, I don't know if we mentioned last time, it's, it's one of the coolest band names. It's an awesome band name. <laughs> um that saying that being said i'm not really a metal person but metallica and you're a metal band so it's kind of weird that they are metallica and you know as they start to transition in this album and later albums not as metal but anyways so i guess that's why i haven't listened to it right just thinking oh it's metallica it has enter sandman for those you know not familiar with it i mean it's we've talked about opening tracks that's Mm -hmm. a pretty killer pretty rocking pretty awesome it's a uh, opening track it's a it's a great track song in general yep. it's a classic at this point um, what is it virginia tech, yeah it's becoming think, uses it. a sports anthem <laughs> yeah so i think virginia tech that's like what the football team they they play in the stadium as they walk in or as they're kind of getting ready yep. and everybody's um, bouncing and going crazy yeah i mean you know it's it's a course not as good as like the florida state intro where we have osceola and <laughs> renegade go to the center of the field but anyways they can have a song you know metallica song anyways but it's a great opener um it's pretty indicative of the album cuz it's it's let's say hard rock metal but then also kind of pop Right for them, yeah. For I guess. them, definitely, it, it does have some pop elements, and they're they're cleverly like disguised in there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, it's not pop in the sense of like you know you're thinking about what was on the pop radio at the time, but it still was catchy. It was friendly. It was inviting. Uh, it got people interested into the band that would not have normally been interested in them. Yeah, including myself. So I uh, call me crazy. It's total non Metallica fan. I thought I always thought one was on here, um, <laughs> even until recently, because I just assumed that that yeah, nope. was on this album. Nope. And so I always liked that song. So I think that was kind of similar. It could be maybe on this album, I don't, just similar to some of these yeah. other songs, like uh, The Unforgiven and Nothing Else Matters. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess that was more 80s, and that's what it was a few years prior to this. But anyways, I hate to say it, I like all the singles for the most part. Um, plus, the bass song, as I call it, track 11, my friend of misery. Yep, which is a pretty cool song. Um, we'll get into something else in a moment, but I'll just go ahead and jump to the chase. I think uh, the song that I've always liked. Um, it was it was actually kind of tough. I, it's the two quieter tracks. I admit the unforgiven and nothing else matters. Um, but I've always appreciated nothing else matters. When he gets to the solo, I think it's one of the best solos. It's not like the thrash. That's what I was looking for before the thrash metal. Uh, from Kirk Hammond, and I looked into it a little bit because I actually saw a video show up, a suggestion. So uh, from my understanding, it's actually a James solo. It's one solo that he plays. Yeah. And so um, it kind of builds the whole song. I mean, this is a radio staple, and it builds. And when that solo comes in, it's kind of more just rock instead of metal, too. So I think that's why I've always appreciated it. I, I also like it because lyrically it's pretty cool. You know, he's saying various lines, but nothing else matters, right? You know, you and me and the world and this, but nothing else matters. You know, blah, 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 nothing else matters. So it's the recurring motive motif all the way through. Whole production is great. The background vocals um, with James's lines, like it's it's to a James and it kind of goes high and that's the pop elements that you were kind of maybe alluding to before. Yep. Um, it's got cool kind of background harmonized guitars. It's got strings in it too. By Michael Kamen. Um, 
Yeah, that was the S and M conductor, right? Correct. Uh, Arranger. It's got cool dive bombs. So at the right at the end of like the uh, the kind of hook part, the guitar, you hear the yeah, just ever so slightly. And if you watch the video, you see it. But it's got those cool dive bombs. It's just very subtle, but it's very cool. So it's got a lot of stuff. I think production wise. Yes, it's not the heaviest Metallica song, but for this album, I have to go with Nothing Else Matters. I love it. Always loved it. And I'll play a little bit of it. Trust I seek and I find in you Every day for us something new Open mind for a different view And nothing else It's just great. And again, the solo's great when it, it just kind of builds and it just comes out of nowhere. Well, it doesn't come out of nowhere because it builds, but it's not, you know, you might assume, hey, it's a quiet song. It'll just stay quiet. And then the solo is awesome. So, uh, yeah, I love it. I would suggest everybody go check out the video too. Uh, it's pretty cool. You see them in the studio kind of joking around, but also being serious and it's cool. I think uh, nothing else matters. Really showed a different side of Metallica to even to their old fans and to the people that were actually starting to show an interest in them. Uh, showed that they weren't just this kind of band; that they could also touch into stuff. Uh, some people would even jokingly say that James was uh, emo metal at that moment. Never opened m- myself this way, you know. Uh, I would not consider that, but uh, you think about how much this song in itself has influenced so many other bands that have come, and you can't deny the importance of it. Like in in rock, in metal, in in hard rock, whatever it is, uh, alternative rock, this song has has touched on so many levels, and that's why it is my pick also for the best song on this album. And I, I mean, like, again, this is disgusting how much we are agreeing on things. But to me, you listen to this record. And like I said, it's not a bad record. I, it's not one that I'm like a wild about. I would say it's a solid three and a half out of five for me. You know, it's it's one that I will go back to, but I'm not going to continuously go back to. Does that make sense? It'll be like a once in a blue moon record for me. Okay. Because I like the other, the live versions, the S&M versions better. But uh, it's still overall like a good album. Uh, it's one that I'm glad I now have in my collection. I don't know really why I've never had this album in my collection, but I do now. Um, and you listen to this whole album. It's very solid all the way through. You can't, to me though, you can't argue that the importance of nothing else matters versus the rest of these tracks. It's just too good of a song. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's the importance of the song. Again, I'll also, you know, stretch it one further saying, as I mentioned before, the whole production too. I think it just stands apart production wise. Bob hit it out of the park He did, or the band, all of them. It just is fully produced. The other songs, maybe the Unforgiven is a little different, but the other songs, you know, they're all there. It's Metallica, right? Yeah. And in this song, there's something else. That, and that's true. And I think this is also one of those times where I don't dislike what Lars is doing. Um, I, I'll be the first one to say that I, I do not think that Lars is a very good drummer. Uh, however, in this case, in this song, I feel like his simplicity is actually helpful to the music and uh does that make sense you understand where i'm going there yeah (laughs) um 
So, so you don't like the crashes on two? I'm fine with it. I mean, I, I think it's a. I, it, I think, it's just it's throughout. It's Lars in general. It you is know, Lars in uh, general. Yes. Yeah, I, I'm okay with it for this one. I just kind of laugh because I mean, it's him though. That's that if, is if, him. If anything, you know, it's his drums, and that's kind of cool. I mean, whether you like it or not. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess it's cool in the sense that you can listen to Lars play and know that it's Lars, but it's also. It also stands out as wow, they could have had somebody so much better. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, and I've never. We talked about this last time. We never liked the kick drum sound, the bass no, drum sound. No, yeah, the, that that's uh, whether that's Bob or them. Um, from, it's from what I understand, that's Lars. That's Lars inserting himself, saying that this is the way it's going to be. This is what I want. And my hats off to him for having the 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 gall to, to do that. But at the same time, if you're going to put yourself out there, you also have to accept the criticism of it. And I, it's just doesn't sound very good. Well, and I think it works for like the thrash metal songs because mm -hmm. from a mixing side, recording side, you want the kick drum to punch through the mix and you want to hear the, you know, you want to hear the kind of the click of it. But then in songs like this, as they're transitioning, I don't know. I could see it both ways. Yeah. It's cool that he kept going in the same route, but then production-wise, it's okay to have a few songs that has a slightly different drum sound. Yeah, I hear you. In my mind. So I think for Nothing Else Matters, Unforgiven, things like that, kind of sounds a little odd, maybe slightly dated. Don't knock me. I'm, I still think it's a great album, but it, it definitely has a few things that, you know, with reverbs. Oh, yeah. I think that kick sound, things like that. Um, you know, it's... it's well. It's transitional. You know, some of the stuff sounds up front. Yeah. But then also some things sound back. But um, maybe that's a separate thought from the kick drum sound. But um, anyway. So I did buy the remastered version. So the CD I own is the remastered version. And in my opinion, I've listened to to the original and I've listened to the remastered. I do think the remastered is better and it helps in some of those areas. Uh, but that being said, I mean, five five solid singles off of a 12-song album. That's pretty good, if you ask me. Inner Sandman, Sad But True, The Unforgiven, Wherever I May Roam. I mean, these are awesome songs. Like, yeah. very, very good. Any one of those could have been picked, uh, in my opinion, for best song. Uh, Wherever I May Roam is just killer. Uh, Sad But True coming right after Inner Sandman. That's a hard song to follow. And I think Sad But True is like... Awesome. I don't think any other yep. track could have followed Inner Sandman. Uh, and yeah. Sad But True does a great job of it. But but again, it keeps coming full circle back to Nothing Else Matters. Like though, Even though those songs are awesome and really good, Nothing Else Matters just stands. I mean, it's just beautiful. Yeah, everything has a, uh, a riff. Mm -hmm. Everything has a riff throughout this album, including Nothing Else Matters, yep. right? So it's got the, the opening part. But oh, um, that that opening part that is like a sin to play in guitar stores now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Add that to uh, Stairway and maybe even uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit type. Oh yeah. Lore. Um, but yeah, everything has a a riff. I want to say a hook. Now nowadays we might say hook, but a, a riff that it, it. This is a weird album that I think it's actually I've appreciated more. I agree with you. Said when when you said before it's. It's gained popularity. It was really big when it came out. I remember oh, yeah. even as a six-year-old, but um, it still holds up in that I think it's a really good album. I don't know why I don't own it, and I might own it at some point. It's just not necessarily me, but so I, I guess I agree that I, it, it's weird that 
it's like, well, this is good. This is good. This is good. It's just not something that I always want to put on and listen to. Maybe so that's I, what you were kind of say, yeah, saying. Yeah, in a way, too. I related back to like a band like Opeth in their album Blackwater Park. Um, you know, that was an album that was turned on to us by one of your former drummers in a band years ago. I love that record. I think it is a masterpiece of art. It's beautiful on so many levels. However, it's not me. It's not my style of music. So I don't listen to it all the time. But when I do, I appreciate it for what it is. And it is like pure, pure perfection. I kind of tribute that, Opeth and Blackwater Park, to here, Metallica, the Black Album. It's really, really good. I like it, but it's not something I'm going to turn back to all the time. Yeah. And I, I'm going to... Uh say something that's controversial, let's say. Go for it. I almost wish this sounded like Reload. <laughs> like, I, I wish this was mixed like Reload. Yeah. Because Reload is like, when we talked about that, that is like yeah. the sound of the 90s, just like oh, yeah. clarity and everything sounds great. And I kind of wish, now we can't change anything. You know, things sound like the, the 60s and 70s, 80s, whatever. But this album... There's another album that came out in 91 that we'll talk about next week that shows a little bit of both sides of 80s and 90s, and this is a lot of 80s reverb. Anyway, so um, yeah, it just got to, and that maybe leads into the song why I don't like it, the last track. It just has a lot of reverb. Um, it, the, the struggle within, it, it starts cool with the snare, but it doesn't. I, I am concerned that we're going to agree again, um, but it just doesn't have the memorable riff. It doesn't have the melody like the others. The guitar sound is kind of muddy. It's got a lot of reverb. The solo is awesome. The solo saves it. It's really good solo. Awesome solo by Kirk. But other than that, I, I had to go with something. And I think My Friend of Misery should have been the last track. Yes, it like, should have been. It sounds cool with the bass. It should have even ended with the yep. bass. But when I listen to the album, I keep thinking, all right, this is it. And then The Struggle Within comes on. I'm like, what? what is this? And it's not a bad song just mm. compared to everything else. It doesn't have the riffs. Everything that we talked about before, it's not there. It's got too much of the distant sound. I actually read a little bit into the song. It was one of the last songs that they recorded accordingly, and yeah. it just kind of sounds like it. So My Friend of Misery... As we talked about, great song, or as you've mentioned, it's a great song. It's the only song that Jason had a hand in writing, and you can tell because of the bass parts in it are, are stellar. Uh, but it also, it, it tops off at 6 minutes, 49 seconds. So almost 7 minutes of a pure awesome song. You're 100% correct. This album should have been 11 songs. I also agree with you. The struggle aye, aye. within... I'm we are struggling. now known as the album. Oh god! No longer the album argument. I am struggling within because we can't keep agreeing on stuff, dude. Like this is not okay. Uh, but again, you, in my opinion, there's no argument here. There's no discussion on this. The song should have been left off. Um, and I know what you're saying about Kurt saving it with the solo. But as I've stated before, I'm not a huge, huge solo guy. So to me, even that, I don't care a whole lot about. I think... I'm just giving the song some credit. If I have to give the song credit, it's really just the song. I'll just give the song credit that it's on a good album. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Like, <laughs> you're a bad song well, on a good album. Congratulations. Let's listen to a little bit there of it. There we go.
Yeah, other than struggle within, like maybe it, that's another thing that the song has. That's the, maybe the hook, but there's no riff. There's nothing memorable. Maybe it's cool live. I kind of looked into it. They've played it a handful of times, but they, I've, from what I read, they did not even play it on the Black Album tour. <laughs> I know I, I could be wrong, but I saw some little factor that like they didn't even play it on that tour. They played it later. I'm like, well, that should have been a sign that I don't blame them. Been on the album. It's it's not a good song. Other than the intro, the intro's cool. I'll leave it at that. I mean, like, it's okay. No, I don't. I don't, I don't even like that part. But like the rest, oh no, it sounds hokey and bad, and like, ah, uh, it's it does it was a bad choice. It goes with the black album, and you know the struggle within, and That's maybe great. lyrically it matched. But eleven songs would have been great. Eleven my songs would have been fine. That would have been cool because my friend of misery is such a, a different intro with the bass yeah. and everything that. It would have been cool if it could have just ended there. And let's like let's play a little bit of that because cool. since we're agreeing, yes, that's awesome. Um, we have to play this song. Such a cooler song. Yeah, it's rocking. Yeah. Beautiful. And it's different, so that works as a last track. So yep. come on, Lars and James. Should have done that. Or Bob. It's actually Bob's fault. He was the producer. Bob should have. He should have <clears> said <throat> no. Yeah, he should have put his foot down and said no. All right, well, okay. So if we, you know, my friend in misery, if we agree that it should have ended the album, we still got some other really cool tracks on this album, though. Uh, since we talked about the Unforgiven in the Reload, Album. Let's hear a little bit of the Unforgiven now. Yeah, classic song. The only reason why I didn't choose that, I've always liked the solo of Nothing mm-hmm. Else Matters. In listening to all the songs, there's a weird, even on the remastered one, there's the tone of The Unforgiven is like slightly different. And I'm not going to complain about the mastering, but I'm complaining about the mastering. The tone doesn't match. Like you listen to okay. Sandman, Sabbath, True, Holier Than Thou, and then The Unforgiven, it's like, sure, it's quieter, but it, I'm trying, I hate to be pessimistic, but that's why I didn't pick it before. I agree. It's a great song. It's classic. It's cool. Don't listen too closely to it like you, like I am saying right now, because I guess I'm trying to spoil it for no reason. But anyways, I, I I have a problem with the tone. But other than that, it's cool. It's heavy and slow. Yeah, it is heavy and slow. And uh, I think that actually fits with it. And again, I like that. I don't think they knew it at the time, but I'm glad they've had part two and part three with it. I think that's awesome. No. I still think that's cool. Whatever. You're you're wrong. I think it's awesome. Lame. But uh, I I know it's one of the slower songs on the album, but still, there's something about it that stands out that's awesome. You know, I don't know. I dig it. Oh, no, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, When I say slow and heavy, like that's like for a Metallica person, like it because it's slow and it's heavy, it's going to be okay maybe or acceptable to 
listen to for that difference of sound? Yeah. I don't know. Yep. You know, because nothing else matters is totally different, and at least this one is kind of rocking. So, well, did you have Anyways. any other ones that really stood out to you? Um, you know, as as just riffs, yeah, yeah, just riffs, and ho- everything has a cool riff. Nice. Everything it it makes me kind of want to play guitar. That's why, as I listen to it, I should have said this before. I'll go ahead and say it. When I first listened to it, I was like, "Ah, eh, it's okay." Yeah, the whole album. I was like, "Yeah, it's okay." Yeah, Enter Sandman, cool. Nothing else matters. The Unforgiven. And then I started listening. I was like, oh, that's bass, my friend. Mm-hmm. And then I started realizing, oh, I've recognized this over and over. Oh, yeah, it is catchy. Uh, I think the last few days preparing for this podcast, it's kind of been, I hate to say background music, but kind of listening to it, just becoming yep. more familiar with it. And because I listened to it, kind of put it away and brought it back. And then things started to click, maybe just hearing it a few times. I think you've said in the past, you know, sometimes albums get better as you listen to mm-hmm. it. Sometimes albums get worse as you listen to it. And I think this one just gets better. So Definitely. I think overall, I mean, it's just riffs throughout. It's cool. It makes me want to pick up the guitar and play it. That's why it's weird. It's like an album that I respect. Again, it's just maybe not for me on every day. Well, you know, and I think that's something that's interesting about, and that's one of the reasons why when it was suggested that we cover it, that I was like, all right, you know what? I'll give this a shot because, again, we've oftentimes we give albums to each other that are in our comfort zone. We very rarely go out of our comfort zone, and so this is definitely one that I would say is out of our comfort zone. But we both have a mutual uh, respect for it, and this is also interesting because it's only the second artist that we've covered a second album for. Yeah, true. Yeah, it's kind of weird, and both are based on requests. But uh, yeah, Metallica, both Metallica albums. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. And maybe should we give a kind of a hint for next week too? I think we should. I mean, you talked about it being in the same uh, same era, like 1991. What other big album came out in 1991 aside from Michael Jackson's Dangerous? Uh, you know what? Oh well, whatever. Never mind. What? Yes, we will be talking about Nirvana's release. In 1991, never mind. So, never mind. Um, this will be my pick for Ryan. And uh, yeah, we haven't done Nirvana yet. We've kind of, I've kind of held out. And um, it just, uh, when you gave me the Black album, I, I will admit I cheated a little bit because you gave me the Black album first. And then I said, okay, now's the time to do Nirvana. Never mind. And um, yeah, just listening to it back to back. It's interesting. And um, if everybody has, if you haven't heard it, you're crazy or you've lived under a rock, so go listen to it. But uh, it's interesting to hear two albums of the same year that are now, what, 30 years old, yep. 32 years old. And uh, maybe we'll do a little bit more contrast next week after we've talked about Nevermind. That sounds awesome. Thank you out there for everybody who's been listening. Thank you for sharing us with Grandma and other people that you think might want to hear this podcast. We appreciate all the comments that we get on our socials, and we just ask that you just keep them coming. We love it. Uh, Keep the requests coming. Can't guarantee we'll get to them, but we'll do the best we can. And look out for uh, that spot. What's that link tree thing called, Jay? Oh, yeah. Well, it's just a way to kind of get a link to our website. Side. Mm. It has a link. It's it's a it's multiple links. That's right. It's what all the cool kids are doing. But I should also say, if you ever do want to send us a message directly, Facebook, all the the social media websites work. But there's also a contact page on Linktree. Too. Ooh! So if you've ever wanted to contact, it'll send us an email. Nice. If you ever just want to say hi, or, or uh, you know, you're you're too nervous to request on a public space, then you can 
send us a message that way. That sounds good. I didn't even think of that. That's awesome. Also, make sure you check us out at thealbumargument.com where you can find Jeremy's Spotify playlist of all the songs that we talk about and all the albums we cover. Plus, you got some cool, awesome photos of the two of us if you ever wondered what us two ugly guys look like. Uh, I think we look pretty good, but uh, I will say that we're (laughs) on a podcast that's audio only for a reason. Yep. So, anyways. for a reason. All right. Thank you very much, everybody out there. We really do appreciate it. Please join us next week as, again, we talk about Nirvana's Nevermind. Until next time, I'm Ryan. I'm Jeremy. Deuces. We are out. We are out.